are going. So this is the Muratour. Yes, I said that with a Mur or Moor. You want Mur. Mur. Or more of Mur. Okay. So, Music Biz 101 and more. More. And who's here? Chris Muir, almost more. <laughs> Chris Muirator ah, from Buzz Angle Music. Rhymes. It, it almost does rhyme. Yes. And, and we're here with uh, our co-host of the day, Gabriel Garcia. Hello, everyone. Hello, Gabriel. Getting his MBA yes, in Music and Entertainment Management. That's correct. We, our last interview, we, we have an MBA program. It's called Music and Entertainment Management, but it just changed from something else. So we have an undergrad that's Music and Entertainment Industries. With a plural. Correct. Right, yes. M-E-I. And so it gets very confusing for us. Mm, okay. But um, And we wanted you to know about our confusion. No, we'll edit that out. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's important for He'll edit that Chris out. to know all these things. So, all right. So Buzz Angle Music. Gabriel, give us the what the here to what for. Why what are we talking What happened to the three, two, one? We don't uh, need it anymore. What? We just started. Okay. Yeah, we got, yeah so... Three, two, one, go. They okay. edit this. So, with uh, music being so readily available and it being at our fingertips, just kind of seeing a lot of uh, businesses out there, Buzz Angle being one of them, that you help co-found, right? Yes. Uh, providing all this metadata, right, to use all this information to make important business decisions. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that's like at Buzz Angle? Well, it's, um, you know, I spent... 18 years at SoundScan before leaving there and shortly after that starting Buzzangle Music. And the reason, one of the reasons why we, we started Buzzangle Music was because um, <coughs> there is there was so much more data that was going to be available to people. And we wanted to provide, create a tool that allowed people to uh, be able to organize, have the data much more organized and allow them to make better decisions and really um, provide a tool that answers a lot of the questions, just not providing numbers, but um, allowing them to really get the answers right from the system um, with using the tools that were built into Buzzing and Music. The, you know, there's so much data out there in the market today that, you know, it's, it's overwhelming, you mm -hmm. know, it really is. And, you know, <coughs> we, we tried to do something very unique in uh, allowing where in the past, you know, data was sort of, um, uh, you know, in other tools, without mentioning names, uh, you know, really limited how people could access that data. Mm -hmm. um, so you couldn't just, you know, run your query and say, I want to look at vinyl album sales in Boise for rap titles for these three weeks. You couldn't do that. You know, it was saying, okay, if you want to look at vinyl, here, here's the top 50 vinyl album chart, and that's it. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. so it was very limited. Yes, it was great data, but it was it was data that you were you had no control over. And so when what we did was we built a system that was a full queryable tool, that you know, depending on your role and what segment of the market you're in, you could basically answer any question you want because you can query the data and say, hey, I want to look at you know, top uh, rap artists in Detroit, Michigan for this period of time, you know, or I wanted to look at vinyl album sales um, <coughs> that were independently released for this period of time in any given market. When you can literally, no matter what segment of the market, whether it's live entertainment market, the, you know, label side, distribution, publishing, uh, 
the capability of really slicing and dicing the data any way that you want um, really, I think, changed how people began using data. Mm -hmm. How did you get? How do you get access to all of that data in order to publish it? Um, <coughs> well, when <coughs> we had to go out and, and lock in data deals, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like um, when I was at Samsung, and that's I oversaw all the data relationships at Samsung. So when iTunes launched, you know, back in 2003, I was the one that did the, the deal with AT at Apple mm -hmm. um, <coughs> to have that data reported into Samsung at that time, and shortly after that, Samsung launched, you know, the first digital ever charts yeah, and right. so forth. Um, so when I left and we started Buzzing and Music, um, you know, we went out and we locked in data deals with every single physical retailer, digital service, streaming service, mm -hmm. uh, started a partnership with uh, <coughs> iHeart and MediaBase for the AirPlay, the terrestrial AirPlay data. Mm -hmm. um, and so that enabled us to now, you know, that took, you know, that was the first year, you know, mm -hmm. after we started this, you know, while we were building the system from behind the scenes, we were locking in, you know, Gemini Labs were locking in data deals with every single data provider. Mm -hmm. Is this uh, updated daily or? Yes, yeah, so um, our system, that's another, you know, unique thing about Buzzing and Music is every day the system is refreshed mm -hmm. with new data. So again, that was another, thing that was really uh, clients in the industry was locked into was always seeing just a weekly view, right? Yeah. Once a week, okay, next Monday, Soundscan came up with the, the new data for the week. Well, now with Buzzing and Music, literally, you know, every night, usually by 10 p.m. Eastern time, Buzzing will refreshes, and now you're mm. looking at the previous day's information on any given song, album, or artist, the sales stream, and, and terrestrial airplay. Mm -hmm. So major, major difference. And, you know, we, we recognize this and, you know, from day one that, you know, there was so much data and people wanted to, in this world, wanted to understand quicker and be able to react quicker to the marketplace. Um, it was crazy that, you know, <laughs> mm. you know, a company that could have done it just sat there and didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, <coughs> but, you know, that opened the door for, for someone like us to come to the market with a product that really we think has changed how you know the industry began using and or continues to use data. Mm -hmm. um, Is it user friendly? Oh my gosh, it's I think you know I mean hearing from our clients, right? Um, very intuitive. That's the word that you know mm -hmm. people use when they're you know we usually prefer to go and give them a, a demo a walkthrough you know before they jump on the system. But mm -hmm. I mean we have you know we work with a lot of universities and colleges as well. Mm. Um, Really in Patterson yet, but no. we're still working <laughs> yeah, on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. But um, <coughs> you know, we—that's another area that we feel has been underserved—is you know, working with the um, professors and and students at various colleges that have music bu music business programs. And we did a deal with Big Media mm -hmm. organization, right? Um, <coughs> where we provide an exclusive rate to those uh, colleges and universities to use the system and it's it's a very intuitive, very easy to use mm -hmm. tool. Um, my partner, Jim uh, Lodestri, he likes his background on building out these types of platforms and making them user friendly and so forth, you know, working with the millennials and so forth, especially with the filtering that we have in the system. Mm -hmm. It could be very complex, but people say it's so easy <laughs> mm -hmm. to actually navigate through and really find what you want to find. 
Um, and so uh, all of our clients have said that, and you know, students that are using the tool, um, you know, they they jump on the system and they have no problem filing their way along. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, yes, it definitely is a very easy and intuitive uh, to get up to date. Yeah, I think that's great. Like. Um, you obviously companies that distribute music and you know sell physical records and stuff like that you can keep track of everything but for like an artist or something that wants to say tap into a different market you can see where your music is being streamed and like where you're actually getting this fan base uh, we talk in classes a lot about like touring and where do you go if you don't know, you know? Right. so the fact that buzz angle does have this query because I know other there are other services that offer some insight as to like how you're doing um, when, as soon as I started reading up on it and like seeing it online, I'm like, this is a tool that companies can use and even like independent artists can use from big to small. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, this tool is, is huge for the independent community all mm -hmm. around, you yeah. know, from artists, labels, you know, whatever segment. Um, not only because it's extremely affordable, <laughs> where mm -hmm. they can't afford a lot of the other services that yeah. are out there. Uh, we've made ours extremely affordable for everybody. And, um, yeah, I mean, to be able to go in and, especially for an indie artist where, you know, they're not getting album sales today, right? right? So it's consumption today for those guys is really on the streaming side probably. Mm -hmm. And to be able to, we were the first to bring the market of doing streaming data at a market level. Um, <coughs> you know, that was never available before prior to, you know, us launching that uh, in Buzzangle Music where, you know, for any given at an artist level, song level, you could see exactly across 200 plus markets where those streams are occurring. And to your point, for if I'm an indie artist, where do I go? You know, right. where if I want to go play and perform somewhere, what markets should I look at? Yes, I know where I'm from, obviously. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dominate that market, but what are the other markets? Or what other artists am I like? Right? And what am I similar to? Let me go into Buzzing and Music and see, okay, I think I'm similar to this type of artist um, that's at my level, maybe a little bit higher than me, but what markets is, is that artist having success in? Mm -hmm. And using competitive artist information to help build out for now their, right. their um, touring schedule, their, their campaigns, their marketing right. campaigns. Um, and especially on the, s on the social side, too. Um, we don't have social data in the platform today, but um, I always tell people because a lot of them, especially in indie artists, they're always concentrating on the social information and they're letting that drive their entire strategy. And instead of, I tell them, you got you should be doing it the other way around. You need to be looking at your consumption data at a market level. Mm -hmm. And that's what you use to drive not only your marketing and your touring and so forth, but that's what you use to drive your social strategy. You know, because that is, those are your real fans. When you, you know, the consumption, people that are buying or streaming your music, they're actually paying for it, right? To listen to your music. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I hit a like button, it's meaningless, you know? And we've done tons of, you know, analysis on looking at that. And there's really no correlation between, you know, hitting a like button and someone actually going in and buying or mm -hmm. putting money down mm -hmm. for your music. So, um, <coughs> you know, it's not a, a big wow, you know, fact, but, you know, it just, a lot of people, they just get so sucked into all the talk about social and, you know, how to go about, you know, you got to have social media, you got to do this, you got to do that. Yeah, you got to yeah. be, and people put too much, I think. Um, it's great if you definitely need it, but you need to make sure you're looking at your consumption data at a market level to really 
effectively then drive this location change? Yeah, I could even see the um, someone actually getting an offer to be an opening act and looking at a tour and seeing that it it would be useful for us, a uh, useless mm -hmm. for us to do this because the artists are strong, etc. You know what I'm trying to say there. Uh, so it goes beyond, yeah, just um, meaning if they went into a, don't go into a market if the consumption data is showing they have no sales in that right. or streams right. in that market, right. yeah, or vice versa, right? Or go into that market if it's yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, a lot of um, we've noticed a lot of our bigger users are the artist management companies. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was just going to say that they've never really had, you know, with SoundScan, they weren't there weren't many artist management companies using SoundScan. It was mostly used by labels and and <coughs> we noticed that you know when we've opened it up to all of our artist management companies, they have fallen head over heels with this because it's data they've never really seen before. Yeah. You know, and, and the granularity and the capability that you see it updated. You know, like okay, my artist just played in Chicago. Well, now let me go in and look at what was the impact of my yeah. artist playing in Chicago the following days since it's daily data, right? Mm -hmm. I can say okay, my artist played in Chicago on the tenth. Well, let me look at three days leading up to that date and four or five days after that date. And let me look at that trend of consumption mm -hmm. for all my albums or for all those songs over that time period. And I can now see that curve, right? See what happened. Did I see that uptick, you know, mm -hmm. leading, leading after the show? Or was it flat? Did it not really have an impact? You know, so you, you can never do that before with that yeah. prior yeah. to those other music being on the market. So, um, <coughs> Yeah, providing that market level data for, for these artists is, is extremely powerful uh, from touring. Uh, some major artists even use it for, you know, they. I thought this was really cool when I first heard of it was Metallica. Mm -hmm. um, is using Buzzing the Music Data on tour for each city that they went to. Mm -hmm. um, they would go into Buzzing the Music and they would run a report, a streaming ranking report for that market year to date and say, let me look at all Metallica songs in Cleveland. That's our next stop. And let me see all those songs that are being streamed year to date. That's great. And they build their set list. Yeah. Well, wonderful. That data is just so genuine. That's and like now they would go next, okay, we're going to Dallas next. And do the same Let's thing. do the same thing. And there was always a couple of songs that were slightly different because, hey, this market maybe there was, you know, everybody, obviously, the big hits they're going to play. Yeah. But there's always a few songs that are slightly different based on the markets. And now they have this tool that allows them to run that granularity mm -hmm. of that type of mm -hmm. report. And um, it was just, you know, one little way of how, you know, an artist, you know, even as big as Metallica, <laughs> yeah. was using data on a regular basis and using buzzing music. Now, outside of Nielsen, what was your background? Um, so when I um, went to school at Siena College, mm -hmm. right outside of Albany, and yep. I had an internship with Transworld Entertainment. Ah, <laughs> yeah, the old Transworld. Mr. Bob Higgins. Yeah. Um, which unfortunately passed away yeah. recently. Um, <coughs> but um, yeah, I had a, it was, I wasn't planning on getting into the music industry. Mm -hmm. I, I had an internship with the governor's office actually. <laughs> and um, literally about 10 days before I was supposed to start that internship, they, they called me in and said, hey Chris, by the way, your, your internship was given away. I'm like, what do you mean given away? It's like, mm. I had this six months ago, you know? It's yeah. like, oh, a friend of the governor took the position. I'm like, wow. oh, I'm like, well, what do I do now? I'm like, <laughs> everything's been picked through, right? right. They're like, well, we have, we have three internships left. I'm like, oh, what, what <laughs> is this going to do? 
Well, one of them was Transworld, yeah. which I was like, well, let me look into this. Oh, they're the second largest music retailer. Yeah. Uh, they're in Record Town and close enough from Peak World back then. Uh, FYE. FYE. Yeah, is FYE, in FYE eventually, yeah. They're, they're brand name now. So is this 90? That was 90. I hadn't, you know, I graduated in 93. So I okay. my 93, I was an intern in the first semester. Second semester, they offered me full-time position the day after I graduated in their marketing department. Mm. So I started literally, I graduated that Sunday, whatever, the day of May, and the next day I was full-time working at corporate office in their marketing department, handling their um, print and radio um, <coughs> ads and, and fulfilling those alleged co-ops mm. dollars and so mm. forth. So, um, and then from there, um, I got introduced to um, the founders of Sound Team, Mike Sun and Mike Shallot. Yeah, used to come up right. and visit with Bob Higgins um, you know, on a regular basis, and one day I was introduced to them, and it was only about a year and a half after they started Sound Team, um, so two years, and, and I, um, they said, hey, we're expanding right now. We need somebody to oversee all of the data and all those relationships. There's nobody that's really looking at managing this, and we're going to be growing extensively as the market continues, and so <coughs> I went and started working for mm -hmm. Sound Team mm -hmm. in the middle of 94. SoundScan was a standalone company eventually purchased yes. by Nielsen. It was purchased by ZMU okay. originally um, in, I want to say like 2001 maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and then <coughs> all the big uh, VCs came in like Blackstone and those guys came in and bought ZMU. And mm -hmm. one of the brands under ZMU was AC Nielsen. Mm -hmm. So they wound mm -hmm. up just taking the Nielsen name and branding everything as Nielsen, Nielsen Sounds Team. Nielsen Sounds Team. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> and so that's, yeah, mm -hmm. that's how that really, that transition happened. And I stayed there through 2013, yeah. And as an entrepreneur, I guess you must have that in your blood to do something. You Or you late belatedly realized that you had that because. I've always, honestly, I've always wanted to uh -huh. do something, something entrepreneurial. Um, when I was at Siena College, my favorite class was entrepreneurship. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just, I just fell in love with that class. Um, you know, and just that concept of, you know, building something from scratch and, you know. And New ideas, right? Hmm? New ideas. New ideas, yeah. And just the fact that, you know, you know, when after I left Nielsen and I was introduced to Jim through a mutual friend and, um, Shortly after, I, I had a, a time where I couldn't do anything, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. where I was locked from doing something in the industry um, mm -hmm. after leaving Nielsen. But uh, after that time, you know, he just came to me and was like, hey, why don't we go, we can build my tech background, your industry background with AC Nielsen. We can go build something really great that the industry is going to look mm -hmm. at. And I said, what do you think about that? And he thought about it for about a day <laughs> All right. and said, you know what, let's, let's do this. Uh, I think we've you know we've been pretty successful. I mean, coming to market, you know, really providing a tool that you know I think has changed how people use data, and I think it's also you know it's forced competition. You know, it's forced Nielsen to now step up, mm -hmm. which they've done. You know, once I think they took us a little lightly to begin with, and then they realized, hey, <laughs> yeah. these guys are here. They're actually doing what they said they were going to do, and. They're 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 for real and and they've built something very cool and so they started 
uh, you know, moving and, mm -hmm. and adjusting their product because they now were chasing it, you know, from a product standpoint. So do you have a sales uh, team or too, or what? Well, we're small, you know. We're, yeah. we're a very, very small company still. We're, we're, we're trying to close on our Series A. You know, we've had some people that are interested in, in purchasing the company as well, you know, mm -hmm. already. Um, and so, we, yeah, we, we need to get additional um, capital in, in order for us to really yeah. get a, a sales team out there. We, we've leveraged some of our relationships with um, MediaBase and, and iHeartMedia. Um, MediaBase, you know, is the radio airplay tracking yeah, service yeah. that we aggregate their data into our platform. And so they've got a sales team that's in front of the record label every day. Yeah. So we said, hey, let's, you know, it's an easy way for us to, for them to go in and say, okay, we have another tool to sell to you, you know, while they're in mm -hmm. those offices on a regular mm -hmm. basis. So mm -hmm. um, we've, we've used that a little bit, but we don't have that big of a sales team and, you know, that's now unfortunately, but, you know, we definitely need that because we just don't have enough time to get in front of enough people out there. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about, <coughs> originally you mentioned data deals and where mm -hmm. you're getting the data. It's video as well, video streaming as well. So YouTube, yeah. Vivo, yep. uh, Vimeo, every. Um, uh, not well. Vimeo, it's, it's, it's strictly really right now, it's, it's where there's content licensed products. So YouTube mm -hmm. and Vivo and Apple Music now, you know, does, you know, video streaming. Mm -hmm. um, those are the three. I mean, YouTube, obviously, Vivo. It's nice that we have Vivo though, because it does, uh, especially for those officially licensed, uh, officially you know licensed videos, uh, to be able to break that out and, and some of those clients like within Sony, whether it's Sony or, or Universal products mm -hmm. uh, video, they can actually see when if they see a Vivo number, they know the YouTube number basically is the user generated content. Mm. So, because mm. we don't get that broken out from YouTube today, it's just here's the overall streaming activity, whether it's official or user-generated content for that one music video, it's all lumped together. But since we get Vivo, we know Vivo, that is the official video place. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so you can see the difference mm -hmm. of, you know, how much is it, you know, through UGC versus uh, official videos that are being mm -hmm. streamed. We're the only ones that do get a fee from Vivo. Um, there's no one else that out there. I don't think they they don't they don't report into them. Vivo. So, do you report? So, how do you market this new system? For example, Billboard. Uh, up until before you guys, you know, it would be basically uh, the top sales chart would be based upon SoundScan data, mm -hmm. and I guess some radio is. play. Yeah. I'm so and so still is, yeah. Okay, so how do you break into um, that, or how do you get people to care about your charts more than the others? In which, and I'm assuming you think your charts are more realistic, accurate. accurate yes, ac accurate. So how do you get people to believe in you? Um, that's it was it's very difficult, you know, because mm -hmm. people, you know, while people love our service. Um, they still look at the billboard chart, right? That's the billboard chart is the, you know, Holy Grail. Right. You know, even though, you know, our charts are more frequent, more, we feel more accurate, more comprehensive. Um, <coughs> it's, it's hard to get by that, but I think people, um, you know, we've done deals with other uh, trades mm -hmm. um, over the years. We've worked very, we've worked very hard in getting our data out into the media 
in general, uh, and that's given us that credibility. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we created our own chart widget that we've made public on our public site. So if you go to buzzingermusic.com and you go to under charts, you'll see we created these new uh, these uh, digital chart widgets that really allow you to really create. I think it's in this one chart you mm -hmm. can actually filter that one chart and create 250,000 charts off of that mm. one widget, mm. which, you know, Billboard prints online, you know, 20 different chart options, right? Mm -hmm. Here on buzzingamusic.com, you can create this one widget. Mm -hmm. So we've really created a new way, a new charting uh, way, you know, for the future with our, with our widget that really enables you to create so many different other charts. Mm -hmm. But we've gone to, the media has been great. I mean, we've really pushed, we, we've really concentrated hard on, on our um, mid-year and year-end press releases to really provide a lot of substance in those releases. And, you know, the feedback has been tremendous. I mean, mm -hmm. people in the media, like this past year, they were calling two months out in advance saying, when, when are you release, releasing your year-end numbers? You know, we're mm -hmm. waiting to do articles until we do your release, you know? And, and this year we had a 116-page year-end release, packed with facts, stats, mm -hmm. charts, mm -hmm. you know, all mm -hmm. sorts of graphs, and I mean, just a ton of rich, rich data summarizing the year, which mm -hmm. was just uh, people just were loving it, you know. And um, so we've really made a really concentrated effort on providing around some key times of the year of providing a lot of great, rich information that we felt, hey, this is what, the media is going to love this, and they're going to write, be writing articles, and now Buzzing of Music is going to be out there, you know, and it's going to be considered, you know, yeah. a credible source for um, music consumption data. And, and a few articles have actually, people have written, they said, you know, which was pretty cool to see, you know, hey, Buzzing of Music is considered, you know, the most comprehensive source mm. for music mm. consumption data. Mm. And that was pretty cool to see that in black and white, you know, yeah. we've been in the market a little over two years. We launched May of uh, Music Biz in, in May of 2016 as right. an official launch. So, right. uh, you know, in two years, we've we've really right. come a long way. Come a long yeah. way. You thinking of doing anything with Polestar? Yeah, we have there? a relationship with them. Um, Polestar publishes a artist chart yeah. using our data, the Elite 100, I think they call it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's a weekly chart they publish using our data. Uh, it's actually a North America, North American chart, mm -hmm. um, artist chart. But um, yeah, we spoke to them about um, expanding that relationship to potentially integrate uh, their data into the platform yeah. as well. Because right. yeah, we're we're always looking at you know new information to incorporate into the system. Um, would only help everybody make better decisions and be able to allow everybody to grow their business. You know. mm -hmm. Well, I think this was a good decision for us yeah, to have you on the show. Do you have a final question? Because we have to wrap up. Uh, no, I think you described everything and explained everything the way I expect you to do. <laughs> I appreciate it. You matched his expectations, yeah. which is very, very question. good. You hit every point that I wrote down, and I'm like, thank you. Oh, yeah. well, thank you, guys. Well, it's been Music Biz 101 and Muir Tour. Chris Muir tour. There we go. Thank you very much, music. Guys. Thank you. Can we give Chris a big hand? <laughs> All right. So this is the end of our show. At the end of our show, we don't say hello because that's stupid. It's the end of the show. So you want to know what we say? What do you say? We say adios. Uh,